Hey, this is Pastor Holly of Open Door Sanctuary, and welcome to our podcast. We are so glad that you are here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will transform your life through today's message. Be sure to subscribe so that you can get these messages every week, and I pray that you are blessed today. Amen, amen, amen. Before we hear a word from the Lord this morning, one thing that I did forget to announce, let us lift up our friend, the Reverend Paul Hogard. I was informed a little while ago by his cousin that he was ill, and we've been praying for him. However, yesterday, uh, I was informed that he has become very ill. Uh, So let's lift him in prayer uh, continuously. Uh, We should be praying for each other anyway, continuously. Uh, uh, It's just not a one-time deal. We are to continue to pray. The The Lord tells us to pray without ceasing. Amen. So let us lift up our friend, the brother of the Reverend Paul Hogarth. And as we lift him up, let us remember his wife, Deborah, in prayer as well. Amen. Beloved, if you will, please journey with me in your life's owner's manual, your basic instruction before leaving earth. Journey with me, if you will, to the Gospel of John. That is the Gospel of John. We are going to look at the fifth chapter. That is the fifth chapter of the Gospel according to John, starting with verse 1, as recorded in the New King James Version, reads as follows. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, He said to him, Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made well? 
The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise up! Take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And immediately the man was made well took up his bed and walked. You may be seated. Gracious Lord and Heavenly Father God, we come before your throne of grace, Lord, asking, Lord, asking that you would clear our minds, asking, Lord, that you would clear our hearts, asking, Lord, that you would clear our souls, that we would receive a word, that we would receive a message from you this morning. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. May my soul look up with steadfast hope and my will, and my will be lost in thine. Amen. 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 My brothers and my sisters, this morning, this morning we want to focus on verses 6 and 9. Wilt thou be made well? Wilt thou be made whole? Jesus said unto him, Rise up, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately, Immediately, the man was made whole, took up his bed, and walked. Immediately, the man took up his bed. After he was made whole, and walked. The Bible tells us that Jesus was in Jerusalem. He was in Jerusalem for a feast or some kind of festival. And in Jerusalem, there was this pool 
which the word tells us, which is recorded as being called Bethesda. And, 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 and what's ironic in, is the name, is that the name Bethesda or Bethsaida literally means the house of mercy. Now, think of Jerusalem as, 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 as a place of peace. And there are some people here who have no peace. Verse 1 tells us that, that, that there was a feast, a festival for all to uh, rejoice. But you see, beyond this atmosphere of celebration can be heard Groans of pain. People pushing others in a horrific stampede, even killing in, in, in this tragic competition. Who uh, is going to be first? Who is going to be healed? Who? People, you see, people came uh, to this place to be healed. And instead of being healed, they were being pushed away. Imagine that, that atmosphere. Imagine the tenseness of that atmosphere. Imagine the, 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 the waiting with one eye on the water and the other eye on your neighbor. <coughs> Each neighbor... Each neighbor is your competitor. Each neighbor is your competition who, 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 who could steal your healing. Days, weeks, months, years of endless waiting. Maybe this night. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe, maybe, maybe. The people called this place uh, the house of mercy, not the temple. You see, the temple became a business. The temple became a place of deception. The temple had become a den of thieves where the priests and the Levites would tell the people. Where the priests and the Levites would tell the people that their animal sacrifices were insufficient. Their animal sacrifices were too skinny or were crippled. And to go buy a better offering 
from the vendor or from that vendor who, who, who would always jack up the price. Imagine inflation during the time of Jesus. The priests and the Levites would send the people after lying to them to go to these preferred vendors who would jack up the price and rip them off. No, you see, this temple... This temple was not a place of mercy. This temple was not a place of healing. This temple was not a place of wholeness. This temple was not a place of love. This temple, hallelujah, was a den of thieves. So, instead of using the temple... God stirred the waters at the pool so that the people would be made whole. God, instead of using the temple, stirred the waters at the pool so that the people would then be made whole. Hmm. Almost sounds like some of our churches today. You see, this temple that we speak of, this temple in our text this morning, had its own currency. And if you wanted to pay your tithes and offerings, you needed, listen to me good, you needed to exchange your money at some outrageous, some ridiculous exchange rate. This is the main reason, this is the main reason why sick and, and disabled people walk away from religion. And then they chose to believe instead in Bethesda's muddy waters to be healed. But even then, even there, things were not for free. Imagine the new Beatitudes. We all know the Beatitudes. We learned them as we were growing up, uh, as we were kids growing up. Imagine the new Beatitudes. Blessed are those who know how to elbow themselves in life for they will live well. Blessed are those who are strong because their heart will never hurt. Blessed are those who can create problems. They, they will be respected by those around them. You see, the priests and the Levites said that the solution, the solution was money. But the ordinary people, you see, the ordinary people and the, and the sick people believed that the solution was a miracle. How many this morning, how many of us this morning believe that the solution to our problems, that the solution to the things that we go through day by day, day after day, 
requires a miracle. You see, the solution was not, in fact, a miracle. The solution to the problem here in the text this morning is today is a person, the person, Jesus the Christ. The Bible tells us that, that, that there was a certain man which, which was infirmed or impotent, powerless, for 38 years. For 38 long years, this man, in our text this morning, this man laid on his pallet, his bed beside the pool of Bethesda, laid on his bed beside the house of mercy, waiting, seeing his reflection in the water, waiting for 38 long, painful, arduous years. He was so close. He had been so close. He was right at the edge of a breakthrough. He was right there at his miracle. Hallelujah. He was so close. He could taste it. He was so close. He could smell it. He was so close. He could almost reach out and touch it. How many of us this morning, my brothers and my sisters, when we really stop and think about our situation, when we really stop and think about our condition, can just taste the breakthrough. We could smell the miracle. We were right there at the edge of a breakthrough. We are laying there in our condition, just waiting. Is anybody here this morning that's ever been there? Hallelujah. Who here this morning finds themselves in a waiting pattern? In a waiting condition. I can imagine, I can imagine those 38 years must, must for this man have seemed like an eternity. How long is 38 years? How long is 38 years to go unloved? How long is 38 years to be suffering from a broken heart? How long is 38 years to be powerless? How long is 38 years to be in your addiction? How long is 38 years to be angry with someone? How long is 38 years to be in fear? How long is 38 years to have a dream go unlived? How long is 38 years to raise a child only, be, only to be told to kiss, hallelujah, where the sun doesn't shine? How long is 38 years to be in a loveless relationship? How long is, 30, is 38 years to swoon after that man or after that woman who is not going to marry you anyway? How long is 38 years? Long enough that most of us 
would have gotten used to being in our condition, to being in our situation, to being in our predicament. Long enough that most of us would have ended up forgetting that we were even in a condition, that we were in a situationship, that we were in some kind, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, long enough that most of us would have stopped believing that our time had come. Long enough that most of us would have given up believing, but not this man. Not this man. He lay there because other people believed. He lay there believing the water had healing power when stirred. Just like some of us come to church, this place of healing this house of mercy. Just like some of us come to, 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 to church, a place of peace, we come broken, we come hurt, we come abused, we come neglected, we come wounded, we come left out, we come forgotten about, we come powerless, lying on the bed of our affliction, lying on the bed of our condition, lying on the bed of our predicament, lying on the bed of our situation. Many, you see, many sick people are sitting in our pews. Many sick people, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There are many sick people watching us this morning by way of Facebook, by way of YouTube, by way of the website. Blind, lame, powerless, paralyzed, powerless. Anybody ever been there? You felt powerless? You felt paralyzed in your condition? Unable to do something for God? Unable to do something for the church, yet looking for stirring of the waters. How many of us want to stop repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again with the same old people doing the same old thing? How many of us, brothers and sisters, if you're honest with yourself, how many of us Want to stop going through the same cycles in our relationships? How many of us feel it's safer to blame others for our condition instead of dealing with our own issues? How many of us this morning, brothers and sisters, want to let go of those control issues we harbor? How many of us want to get out of that constant state of anger we find ourselves in? How much longer are we going to hold on to our conditions? Another year, another two years, another decade, another score, 
Another 38 years, Jesus asked. Jesus asked this man the same question. Look at verse six and look at verses six and seven. He saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent, powerless man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another person steppeth forward before me. As I, as, I, as, I, as I read this verse over and over, as this is one of my favorite passages, as I read this verse over and over, I kind of chuckled to myself, and I said, Kenny, that's not funny. But I thought, now isn't that just like a Christian? Here God is asking him if he wants to be made whole, and what is he doing? What does he do? He makes excuses. It's a simple yes or no question, my brothers and my sisters. But instead of giving a yes or no answer, what does he say? He says, I'm lonely. He says, I'm alone. He says, I have no help. He says, I try to get into the pool, but I can't. He says, no one will help me. He says, everyone runs by me when the water is stirred up. But Jesus already knew these things. That wasn't his question. Those weren't his questions. His question was, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Just like, just like, just like, just like Jesus knew this man's circumstances before he even asked the question, before he even asked the man if he wanted to be made whole, Jesus knows your circumstances. Yet he still wants to know, do you want to be made whole? Jesus already knows you're still in your fear, yet all he wants to know is do you want to be made whole, you see? Jesus already knows you're still in your physical pain, in your arthritis, in your HIV, in your high blood pressure, in your uh, congestive heart failure, in your kidney failure, in your diabetes, in your bad back, in your bad knees, in your broken bones, in your MS, hallelujah, yet all he wants to know is do you want to be made whole? Jesus already knows you married the wrong man, yet he still wants to know, do you want to be made whole? Jesus already knows how lonely you are. Jesus already knows how badly you want a mate. 
Jesus already knows how badly you want a spouse, yet he still simply wants to know, do you want to be made whole? Jesus already knows the pain you're still in after the passing of your sister, after the passing of your husband, after the passing of your wife, after the passing of your children, yet he still simply wants to know, do you want Do you want to be made whole? Jesus already knows the pain you're in after your children don't want to have anything to do with you. Yet he still wants to know, do you want to be made whole? There's so many things, my brothers and my sisters, that we hold on to in this life that we allow to stop us from receiving what God, through Jesus the Christ, has and wants for us, you see. But let's look at what, let's look at what happens. Verse 8 tells us this morning that even though this man who had been in his, his condition for 38 years made excuses, Jesus still makes him whole. Verses 8 and 9. Jesus said unto him, Rise up! Take up your bed! And walk! And immediately, immediately the man was made whole. The critical thing for us to remember is that in this instance, this directive was made to someone who had not done much of anything for anyone, including himself, for many, many, many years. Now, in a matter, in a manner, or in a matter of one encounter with Jesus, he's being asked to get up from a place where he was obviously somewhat comfortable. Not only, you see, did he make the man get up, not only did the man take up his bed, but he walked, he was made whole. Hallelujah! Jesus said, Take up thy bed and walk. How many times, my brothers and my sisters, has this been said to us in our spirit? And we ignored it due to our own personal pity party. How many of us are still at the pool waiting to be cured? But... Look what Jesus told this man. Jesus told him to get up. Get up out of your condition. Get up out of your addiction. Get up out of your powerlessness. Get up! Jesus says, get out of that condition. Get out of that state of being. Get out of that mindset. Jesus told him, get up out of that. Hallelujah. Get up out of that. 
Just like this man was paralyzed. Just like this man was powerless. Some of us right here in this church have been paralyzed by our very own situations. Some of us right here at Open Door Sanctuary have been paralyzed by our circumstances. We have forgotten what it is like when we first came to Christ. We have forgotten what the joy is to be in Christ. We have forgotten when we were excited and on fire for the Lord. We have forgotten what it was like to get to church early. We have forgotten what it was like to get excited when the hymn is announced. We have forgotten what it is like when we could hardly wait to give our tithes and offerings. We've forgotten what it is like when we're overcome with joy at the preaching of salvation. We have forgotten what it is like at the joy we receive when we hear the name of Jesus the Christ and what he can do for us. But church, my brothers and my sisters, Jesus has a message for us today. Jesus wants someone this morning to get up. Jesus wants someone this morning to take up their bed of anger and walk. Let it go. It's not only your time, it's your turn. And he wants to bless you in your comings. And he wants to bless you in your goings. Jesus wants someone this morning to get up. Take up your bed of fear and walk. Let it go. It's not only your time, it's your turn. And he wants to bless you. He wants to bless all that you put your hand to. Jesus wants someone here this morning to get up, take up your bed of pain, walk and let it go. It's not only your time, it's your turn. And he wants to be your doctor. And he wants to be your healer. Jesus wants someone this morning to get up Take up your bed of addiction and walk and let it go. It's not only your turn, it's your time. He wants to be your counselor. He wants to be your shepherd. Jesus wants someone this morning to get up. Take up your bed of needing to be in control. Walk, let it go. It's not only your time, but it's your turn. He wants you to, hallelujah. He wants you, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He wants to give you the peace that passes all understanding. Jesus wants someone here this morning to get up. Take up your bed of insecurity. Walk. Let it go. It's not only your time. It's your turn. He wants you to make, he wants to make yourself sufficient and needing and wanting for nothing. Jesus wants someone here this morning to know. Get up. Take up your bed of stress. Walk. Let it go. It's not only your time, but it's your turn. He wants to keep you from falling so that he can present you faultless. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. You see, Jesus has been with us through all of time. In Genesis, he is the seed of the woman. 
In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he was the most high priest. In Numbers, he's a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the great prophet. In Joshua, he's the captain of salvation. In Judges, he's the lawgiver. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. In Samuel, he's a trusted prophet. In Kings, he's the reigning king. In Ezra, he's revealed of the broken walls of human rights. And Job, he's the everlasting redeemer. And Psalms, he's the shepherd and we shall not want. And Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is all wisdom. And Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. And Jeremiah, he is the righteous branch. And Lamentations, he is the weeping prophet. And Ezekiel, he is the wonderful counselor. And Daniel, he is the fourth man in the fiery furnace. And Hosea, he is the husband forever married to the backslider. And Joel, he is the Holy Ghost Empire. And Obadiah, he is that man. Hallelujah, he is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Obadiah, he was that many was saved. And Micah, he's a messenger of beautiful faith. And Habakkuk, he's a God evangelist. And Zephaniah, he's our savior. And Haggai, he is the restorer of God's lost children. And Malachi, he is the son of righteousness. And Matthew, he is the great Messiah. And Mark, he is the wonderful worker. And Luke, he is the great physician and master fisherman. And John, he is the son of man. And Acts, he is the Holy Ghost and our comforter and guide. And Romans, he is a great justifier. And First Corinthians, he is the almighty sanctifier. Hallelujah. And Second Corinthians, he is the great leader. And Galatians, he is the redeemer of personal law. And Ephesians, he is the Christ son of the living God. Hallelujah. And Colossians, he is the fullness of the Godhead. And First Thessalonians, he is our soon coming king. And Timothy, he is our mediator between God and man. And Titus, he is a faithful pastor. And Philemon, he is a friend that sits closer than a brother and Hebrews he is the hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus and Hebrews he is the everlasting covenant and James he is the doctor when you need him and Peter he is the chief hallelujah shepherd and first second and third John he is love hallelujah and Jude he is God that keeps us from stumbling and revelations he is king of kings and lord of lords hallelujah Jesus said my brothers and my sisters get up get up get up take up your bed and walk you see it's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. Hallelujah. 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 Let it go. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today, and I pray that you enjoyed this podcast. A special thanks goes out to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. Also, thank you to those of you who are a part of Open Door Sanctuary, whether you support us financially, serve with us, or you just share these messages. It's because of all of you that we are able to reach people around the world. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends and family. Again, we thank you for listening. Now go out 
and live victoriously.